This message was presented at the GYC to the End in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Eternal Father in heaven, I know that you want to come back soon, send Jesus back soon. And you want to use us as agents in taking the gospel to all the world in this generation. And Lord, thank you for everybody in this room and anybody who might hear this seminar afterwards and recorded. Or anybody who might learn from somebody in this room. And I pray, Lord, that the simple things that I offer will be used and multiplied by you to feed thousands. And Lord, help us to always remember it's your Holy Spirit at work in others and in us, but that you are giving us tools we can use. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to affirm that what I share, how to share the Adventist message in five minutes, is not some secret formula mantra that will always work. It's the Holy Spirit that changes hearts. Holy Spirit changes lives. But let me explain some things that I think sometimes there's confusion. Some people think if I pray enough for the Holy Spirit, somehow the Holy Spirit's going to come and the whole world will know. And so I'm going to do something else and hope the Holy Spirit comes and I'll pray. No, there are there's the Holy Spirit and there are skills that are like tools in a toolbox. And it works like this. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it does not mean you know how to use a hammer. It does not mean you know how to use pliers. It does not mean you know how to use a screwdriver. A person filled with the Holy Spirit can still hit their own thumb with a hammer if they don't know what they're doing. You know what I'm talking about? But when you learn skills, the Holy Spirit's role is to help you learn good skills for witnessing and to help you know which tool to use in which situation at what time and then override whatever you did wrong. That's Holy Spirit's role. You see that? Somebody said, if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, you think every problem is a nail. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. And that's how some people witness. Okay. So we're going to give tools with a recognition we need the Holy Spirit every moment of every day to do the work in others before we get there and in us and all of that. So, how to share the Adventist message in five minutes. Read this with me, please. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let's do it one more time. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. If you could share the Adventist message in five minutes, it would go a whole lot faster than if it took a hundred hours. How long do you think it takes for a person to become a Seventh-day Adventist? How long do you think it takes for a person to become a Seventh-day Adventist? Okay. Now, how long did it take the Ethiopian eunuch to become a Seventh-day Adventist in Acts chapter 8? There are really two answers. It took probably a couple or three hours, and it took all of his life. 
But here's a key that I did not get for so much of my ministry that I'm going to share with you who are younger than me, which is most of you now. Okay? The Lord is already working on all people everywhere of all religious backgrounds and denominations and religions to bring them more and more light and more and more truth. He is already doing that. And our job is to help him take next steps rapidly. Okay? Next steps, just quickly. And so with Philip, who was not a pastor, he's a deacon, he asked the Lord to lead him to somebody that day. And God says, go out here to this road, going into the desert, and you'll find somebody. Well, God doesn't always tell us that, but he will show us. He will show us. And so Philip goes out there. And by the way, the Ethiopian was traveling how? By by chariot. How was Philip traveling? By foot. You see anything here? Do you see why we have the health message? It's so you can keep up with your interests. You get the picture? I I imagine Philip jogging there, okay? So if you're not used to exercising, start for the sake of the gospel, okay? And so God had already brought the Ethiopian and, and he was reading what book of the Bible? Isaiah. Now, those were scrolls back then, but he was reading the book of Isaiah. They didn't have chapters and verses back then. We know that, right? Those weren't, didn't come along till later. But he's reading through the book of Isaiah. And what chapter was he at according to the way we see chapters? 53. So, anybody know how many chapters are in, in the book of Isaiah? 66. So he is almost to the end. Okay, getting close. 53 out of 66. God had already brought him that far and he sent Philip into his life to bring him the last part. There will be many people in your life, if you're tuned in to God, that God has already brought a long distance and you just help him. Just help him. Okay? So yesterday between Sabbath school and church, I was sitting in the main auditorium, enjoyed both Sabbath school and church, but it's between Sabbath school and church. And here's a group of young people from Mission Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church. Would you wave your hand? Here's one of them right here. Okay? And I knew some of them. I didn't know others of them. And so I got to know them and took a picture and talking and visiting. And I found out that this young lady and her brother recently moved from Washington State back to the Rio Grande Valley along the Texas-Mexico border to go to Mission Hope. But they'd been here before they left, and then they came back. And then one of the guys I know in the church pointed out these young people, and I got into a conversation with your brother, and I was talking about sharing your faith and witnessing, and either he said it, I think he said it, or maybe one of the other people said it, said, "Um, I'm not baptized. Well, when somebody says that, you know what that means. Give me an invitation. Okay, this yesterday in this building. Okay, I'm, no, we're not talking about something that happened years ago. Right here in this building yesterday. I'm, I'm not baptized. 
And I said, well, get baptized. No, I didn't say that, okay? <laughs> I've learned a simple way to say it. Is there anything that would make it difficult for you to follow Jesus and be baptized like he was? Okay? And he said, well, I, I need to study more. And I said, how much more do you need to study? He said, well, I, I don't know. need to study more. Now, sometimes a person says that because they realize, I don't really understand some of the truths I need to know so I can act on them. Other times a person says that because that's a stalling tactic from taking steps for the Lord. And we can't read hearts and minds, but we can help facilitate decisions and allow people to make decisions if they're ready to. There should not ever be arm twisting in God's work. That's wrong. If you've ever been on a nominating committee and you call up and you say, you, we need you to do it. Don't do that. God has the right people for all the ministries that need to take place. Pray that God will put that in people's hearts and then invite people, invite people until you find them. Then you say, oh, no, that won't work. No, we'll try to. God will help. So I didn't want to force, but I wanted to understand better. And I said, so how much do you need to know? He says, I, 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 don't, I don't know. And I said, well, let me ask you three questions. And I asked him each of the three questions. And he said, yes, yes, and yes. And I said, wow, you're about ready. Now, have you ever read the 28 fundamental ways of following Jesus? Don't say fundamental beliefs. They are. But, you know, Seventh-day Adventists don't have any doctrines. Did you know that? We just take the doctrines that are already in the Bible. Okay? That's why they're all there. It's not that we have some from the Bible and some from Ellen White and some from somebody. No. They're, all the Bible doctrines are the Seventh-day Adventist doctrines. As Seventh-day Adventists, we identify 28 threads. So far, we might identify others later. 28 threads that run from Genesis to Revelation. Those are our fundamental beliefs, but each one is a fundamental way of following Jesus. Okay? So I said, have you ever read the 28 fundamental Fundamental ways of following Jesus. And he had a blank stare and he said no. So I realized, yes, you do need a study till you get that. And yet, that doesn't have to take long. So we set up a plan and I told him, if you're faithful and focused in 30 days or less, you're going to be baptized. That's what I told her, her brother yesterday. I met her and her brother yesterday. Okay, But that's next seminar, tomorrow morning how to share the Adventist message in 30 minutes to help people prepare for baptism. Okay? But we're not quite there yet. We're with the five-minute plan to take them away. So this gospel, and last time we looked at the gospel, how do, you, how do you say the Adventist message very briefly? The everlasting gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. For it to go rapidly, you need to be able to share it briefly and then give people more if they want more. And that's where we're going back to that Ethiopian official. God is already bringing people who are sincere all over the world a long distance. And it's not usually your job to take them from A, B, C, D, E, to Z. It's not usually your job. You're most effective when you ask God to help you find people who are already at X and Y and take them to Z and put them to work in sharing with others. Jesus said, you will reap where you did not sow. 
because he's already got workers in the harvest who are planting. All of those glow tracks that have gone out and will go out are having an effect. All of the events in the world where the world is going crazier and crazier are having an effect on people. All of those books that have been sold by literature evangelists, some of you, are having an effect. Every handbill that goes out that some people complain is a waste is having an effect. Okay? I started putting on my handbill all the information from the meeting, but you open it up, and it's a poster of the second coming of Jesus. So it has a longer shelf life. And I baptized people who saw a, that poster on somebody's wall. Okay? So, so all of these things are having an effect. The preaching of the gospel, whether it's 30 seconds, 5 minutes, 30 minutes, an evangelistic series, glow track, piece of literature, every influence like that is either helping people have a little bit more sensitivity toward God or hardening their heart a little more toward God. So as the message goes forward, people become either more sensitive or hardened toward God. There is a worldwide polarization taking place. We can't read hearts. We should not look and say, yeah, I can see they're hardened and they aren't. No, we might become hardened if we think that way. I remember this one lady, I was having, I had evangelistic meetings in the Northwest a number of years ago, and we rented a neutral location because we knew people would come more likely there than to a church where there's some prejudice. And so we, we had the meetings there, and on opening night, one of my church members came up, Pastor, you'll never believe who came to the meeting tonight. And I said, who was it? I work at the hospital as a nurse. It's one of the other nurses. She's on my team and she's horrible. She uses foul language. She puts down people. We're waiting for them to fire her so we can have a good time with our group. She showed up tonight. And I said, aren't you glad you invited her? I didn't invite her. She thought I was here because she invited me. I said, what? She said, yeah. She came to work on Thursday and she had torn out the ad in the newspaper and she said, I don't know about the rest of you blankety blanks, but I think we all ought to go to this and it'll help us all. (laughs) So when she saw me, she said she's glad I came. You talk about rebuke. God is at work. At the end of that series of meetings, I baptized her. And you know what we found out? She's married to an alcoholic. And she'd come home from work and he'd beat her physically. And the next morning she'd go to work and beat up on her coworkers verbally. A lot of times people who are a pain are in pain. Okay? And so when we understand that, we can be more sensitive. And some sisters in the church surrounded that lady with some love. And they helped her find a safe place to live till there could be a clarification on what was going to happen with that relationship. You know, in this work, it's nice to think we're just going to go out into the Caribbean and get some of those beautiful tropical fish and bring them back to our little church aquarium and look at our trophies. But usually God gives you these stinky, dirty, smelly fish that need a lot of cleaning up. 
Okay, so a week ago Sabbath, one of our sons who's planting churches in Fort Worth, Texas, is planting four simultaneously, by the way. You know what we're finding out? It takes just as much effort to build an, an assembly line as it does an individual car. I want you to think about that. It takes just about as much effort to build a system for planting ch- multiple churches at a time as it does to just plant one church. It takes just about as much effort to win multiple people as it does to win one. So there are certain approaches and attitudes God can give us so we see the harvest that's great and we can begin gathering them in. I say that because it took me a lot of my ministry to get to that point. But when I was invited back in 2010 to pastor the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Church on the north side of Dallas, this church already had a history of planting churches. It had planted Uh, I think it was seven churches in 10 years. And it had 600 members. When it started planting, it had 450 members. People were worried that if you plant churches, you're going to lose. I've forgotten that God's in charge of this work. Okay? And so when I went, I said, are you serious? Are you serious about not just going after what we do in this building and not just what we do in the city of Richardson, or in the Dallas metro area, but the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, the fastest growing mission field in North America. Are we going to pull out all the stops and work cooperatively with any of our sister churches who want to go after it too? And they said yes, and I said, do I believe you? (laughs) Are you willing to start a group in your home? Are you willing to give 1% more in offerings so we have some funds to do more with? Are you willing to give Bible studies even if you've never done it before? And when I was convinced that they were willing, these were the leaders, God gave me clarity in some other areas, and I went to pastor there. And one of the things we agreed to, do I see somebody back there, one of our Richardson members? Any other Richardson members here? Or were at Richardson? Okay. One of the things I said was, if the harvest is great, and the shortage is workers. And that's not talking about paid workers. It's talking about working workers. Okay? Then we need to have, fill a baptistry by faith on a regular basis and announce it to everybody so they know when the next baptisms are and they can prepare people for them. So we told the deacon crew, fill the baptistry the fourth Sabbath of every single month. You don't have to call and ask if anybody's ready for baptism. So during my six and a half years there, we had the baptistry filled the fourth Sabbath of every month. That was 76 months in a row. Now, we didn't believe in baptizing people who were not fully surrendered to the Lord and fully embracing the Adventist message. But we didn't have the 10-year prep plan either. You can be thorough and brief. Long does not mean thorough. It often means not thorough. But if you're at boot camp, you're getting it, and it's fast. Okay, that's what, so if there was nobody there to be baptized, I'd walk over to the full baptistry and I'd say, nobody's been prepared for this baptism. Here's the water, but there's nobody. Jesus said the harvest is great. Who do you wish was being baptized here today? Who do you work with? Who do you live with? Who are you related to? Who are you neighbors with? Who would you get along with better if they are converted and became an Adventist? 
You know, who? Who? Let's have silent prayer, and then we'll pray by twos and threes for those you wish were in this baptism and ask God to help you to prepare them for the next month or two. And out of the 76 months, we didn't have anybody eight times. Eight times. All the other times we had one to 15 people baptized. Praise the Lord. During that time, God gave us more and more people, and we went from 600 to 970 and helped plant three churches along the way. And they're still planting and going for it and growing. Past 1,000, but they can't plant fast enough. God wants to have all of his churches, not necessarily big or whatever. He wants all of his churches seeing souls won, lives transformed, people baptized, churches planting churches. That's what he wants. So what does that have to do with the five-minute plan? We've got to have a quicker way to get people engaged in the mission. So let's move on here. Mm -hmm. What will it take? Are you and your church on the 500-year plan or the 10-year plan to take the Adventist message to everyone in your territory and beyond? Okay? The 500-year plan is where you just kind of dabble in witnessing when you feel like it, and then you do your own thing most of the time. The 10-year plan is where you say, I realize every moment of every day I'm a witness for God. And you are. And yesterday, my brother-in-law, who grew up in an Adventist pastor's home and is not a practicing Adventist, probably not a practicing Christian, came to see, pick up his sister, my wife, to, ta- to eat lunch with her yesterday. And they got, she got in the car right out here and she was there starting to drive away and um, they came to the red light and the light turned green and they started to go forward and some young people started crossing at the time when it wasn't time to cross right there in front of my brother-in-law and there's a lady in a car beside that started yelling out the window, it's not your time to cross. And my wife told me that she wished it was a little better representation of what Adventist message was because they yelled other things back at her and it wasn't the Adventist message in 30 seconds. It was in five seconds. And as they drove off, my brother-in-law said to my wife, his sister, probably that's not what you're trying to have happen as a result of that conference, is it? So we, we need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fail, fail miserably. Sometimes we don't know that we fail, but other people know that we fail. But it only takes 30 seconds to get back with Jesus. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I've failed. I haven't. And the devil will try to say, look, you messed up. You blew it. You shouldn't have done that. You can never be used by God. You shouldn't even go to seminars on sharing your faith because look at what you did. That's the devil's voice. What you do is say, you go see my attorney, Jesus. He forgave me. He died on the cross because he knew I would say and do those things I shouldn't have done. I, I thought those things I shouldn't have thought. I had that attitude I shouldn't have. I'm with Jesus now. And Jesus will say, forgiven, cleansed, covered. Now go to work for me. 
And it's by aggressive service and sharing with others that we grow stronger, not in trying to become perfect. And when we get perfect, then we try to witness. Okay? So here we go. How many of you have ever heard of the acronym FORT for sharing your faith? A few of you. Okay? Several of you. All right. I'm going to modify this just slightly, um, or maybe I should say expand it just slightly. Here's the idea. You have five minutes with somebody. You're riding a bus. You happen to connect with them in a grocery store or you're on an airplane or you're in a youth group or student group or whatever. And you think, I want to share the Adventist message and I probably have about five minutes. How can I do this? Where do you start? You start by asking questions and listening, not by talking. Okay? So FORT stands for family, occupation, religious background, and testimony. The first three are areas of questions you will ask. The last one, testimony, is areas where you will share. Okay? So, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be, all right, I'm, I'm right here on the plane with you. What's your name? Larissa. Larissa. Well, Larissa, we're sitting on the plane together, okay? And I say, um, and I say, so um, here we are in Houston. Do you live in Houston? You don't? Where do you live? Idaho. Idaho. Okay. So you have family up that way? Yes. Okay. You live there and your family's there? Okay. Any, have, any brothers or sisters? I have a sister and a brother, both younger than me. Oh, a sister and a brother, both younger than her. Notice she just volunteered some extra information. Okay, do you see that? Up until this time. Now, you don't want to be prying, okay? This is not 20 questions interrogation, okay? You, you know, like, uh, oh, boy, I got stuck in this seat by this guy. No, you, you know, just you're trying to do it fairly naturally, finding out a little bit about the family. Now, you don't want to say, okay, the children and how old are the children? And are they, you know, what's the address and, you know, all of that. Nowadays, it's not a good thing. So what you want to do is you just want to find out a little bit, you know, about family. Where, where do you live? Have you lived there? Have you lived there all your life? No, we lived there two years ago. Two years ago you moved there. From where? From Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. We used to live in Vancouver, Washington, right across from Portland. Wow. I know you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, you're, you're asking questions just so you can find some points of contact and, and just have fun. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, I'm shy and I could never, ever, do, I, could, I, I could never even say something. Yes, you could, or you wouldn't have come to the seminar, okay? So, but you can just ask a few questions, you know, like, oh, where are you from? Do you live in this area? Or you're going to, you know, especially if you're on a flight, you know, or, now, she, and notice as you ask some simple questions, you can, you are watching for red lights, yellow lights, and green lights, okay? A red light is, Okay, a yellow light is Idaho, <laughs> Portland, family. You know, that's a yellow light, so you slow down. But a green light is when they, after a question or two, they're still engaged and they begin to volunteer more information. You, you see? So move from, we only lived there two years. Have you lived there long? Lived there two years. And you move from Portland. Now I've got a connection. Now, that doesn't mean all of you used to live in Vancouver, Washington. Okay. Vancouver, Washington is right across the river from Portland. And they have t-shirts that says Vancouver, not BC, Washington, not DC. Okay. All right. It's a not city. Okay. So 
So you lived in, in Portland? Were you raised in Portland? Is that where you grew up? Is that where you... Okay. How, did you, how do you see the contrast between Portland and, and Idaho where you live now? It rains more in Oregon. It rains more in Oregon. Who would have dreamed that? The people in Portland have webbed feet. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Well, cool. Now, what kind of work do you do? Are you a student? Are you employed? Or are you retired? And you can ask it in that way, and it, people always laugh. And if they don't laugh, that's a yellow light or a red light, okay? They don't laugh. Okay. okay. You're a student. Okay. What, what are you studying? Are you in college, university? Okay. Okay. What, what do you study in college? Nutrition. Awesome. How did you decide on Nutrition. She just said, it's my grandmother. She's been a vegan for 40 years. Wow. Wow. So her interest in being healthy led to you actually studying. Wow. Now, do you realize where we are in the acronym over here? Okay, this is not just random stuff. Okay. You ask a few questions about family, but it's not like boom, 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 boom. Okay, yeah, and, and you're not interested. You're trying to interact and see and, and, and follow up questions and all the rest. And occupation, of course, a young person oftentimes, it's, it's school uh, or retired sometimes, you know. And sometimes they'll laugh and say, yeah, my, my dad's a billionaire and I'm retired. I'm 17. <laughs> And I drive my Lamborghini around all the time. That's my job. No, but anyway, so she's studying nutrition. I say, so, so what, what's something that you have learned, either from your grandma or from college, that might help me uh, be healthy in terms of nutrition? Whole foods, plant-based, eat less sugars and fats. She just shared that. Now notice, I ask her a question that might help me. Do you know the time when Jesus did that with somebody? The woman at the well. Could Jesus have created water? Could he have got, no, he asked a favor of somebody else. So in this, if you can ask, what you know, how could... Do you, is there some advice you could give me if they began to... Now, she had to think about that. She wasn't expecting some guy on the plane to do that. And she especially wasn't expecting some guy in a seminar at GYC to single her out. Okay, <laughs> so you're doing well. Okay, doing well. But anyway, so she had to think about it. But then she came up, plant-based, whole food, less sugar and oil. Now, from there, I could ask more questions. To, you know, plant-based. When you say plant-based, help me know what that means a little bit better. Close to the natural food. Close to the natural food. So you walk out in the garden and pull up the carrot and start eating it <laughs> after washing it. Okay. All right. Because you might get more dirt from the package thing than you would for... Okay, got it. All right. So so we could have fun visiting on that for a little bit. You, you see what I'm saying? We're... we're Engaging a conversation. Now, if she, now if you're on a plane. I'm going to use a plane, but it may not be a plane. But if you're at, wherever you're at, but if you're on a plane and, and they start going, oh, I'm getting kind of tired, that's a yellow light. Okay. Say, is rest part of the good health program? Okay, have some sleep. Good nap. Okay. So, so anyway, but you're finding out a little bit about family, a little bit about occupation or if it's student, etc. 
And now what's the next one? There's a difference between religion and religious background. And this is important. If you said, what's your religion? They will tell you, and they'll tell you why, and it reinforces their current identity. But if you ask, what's your religious background? They will tell you what they grew up with, and then they might tell you more information about where they are at now, and you can be a part of their journey. Okay? So if I can ask, nutrition... I know some religions emphasize good nutrition and that type of thing. What, what kind of religious background do you have? Seventh-day Adventist. What is a Seventh-day Adventist? <laughs> That's why you came to this seminar, right? Should have been at the last one and you could tell me right now in 30 seconds. But anyway, that's all right. You can listen on Audioverse. Okay. <laughs> all right. So... So I've asked religious background. I'd say, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist too. Give me five. Okay, everybody, we are both Seventh-day Adventists on this plane. And we have 30 minutes to give. No, we don't. No. Okay. So, but I've asked religious background and can find out. How, how many of you here did not, were not raised as Seventh-day Adventists? Raise your hand high. Well, praise the Lord. You found the right place. Okay. And welcome to the family. And so we're always welcoming and inviting, but always see wherever God has brought a person, a religious background, as part of a journey, not an endpoint. Okay? That's where God brought them. And I've heard so many interesting things. Well, I was raised Baptist, and I married a Methodist, and that's why we go to the Pentecostal church. Okay? What was that again? Okay. And, and I've had people say, well... I don't want to talk about it. I said, oh, it sounds like it was a bad experience. Oh, it was a horrible experience. And, and okay, that's fine. And, and so you're hearing religious background, but you've now moved to the religious background part. You ask a few questions, have a little conversation. What you are doing by asking questions, you don't want it to be prying, but you're genuinely interested because you've asked God that morning to use you. And he put somebody in that seat. God's in charge of seat assignments on planes. Okay. Those of you who are in the last seminar, remember that. Okay, I'm going to get to questions in just a minute or two. Okay. And so there are, there are uh, people will assign. I, I'll, I'll retell a story from last seminar because I love it. You all know what it is in the seat assignment. My wife and I are flying back from Puerto Rico a year ago summer. And the last seat in the plane is the one between my wife and I. She likes the aisle. I like the, the window, but here's the last seat. Young guy comes in, and he says, so, um, and we get into a conversation, and he says, what kind of work do you do? And I say, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. Are you familiar with Seventh-day Adventist? And he says, a little bit. So I go ahead and give him the 30-second version, which if you weren't here last time, listen carefully. I said, we believe that everybody in the world would be happier and better off if they accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord, if they took the Bible as God's voice speaking to them and asked God to help them live by it, and united with other like-minded people to tell the whole world that Jesus loves them and he's coming again soon. You're building bridges, not barriers. And he said, I could agree to all that, which you know what the proper response to that is, don't you? Well, then you'd make a great Seventh-day Adventist. And he kind of grinned. I said, what kind of word do you do? He said, I'm a Catholic priest. 
And in all sincerity, I believe good Catholic priests would be excellent Seventh-day Adventists with the right transition. I mean, we don't believe in once saved, always saved. And we shouldn't believe in once lost, always saved, always lost. And we shouldn't believe in once whatever religion, always that religion, if God is giving them more things to embrace. So now I have sincerely asked God, I've entered into their family world, so I know some things. I've entered into their occupation or school world, so I've learned some things. I've entered into their religious background world, so I know some things. And God will help me know what to connect with in sharing my testimony, which is the, the, less, the next part, the last part. And sharing a testimony doesn't have to be long. The longer it is, the more you're going to put them to sleep. It should be in five minutes or less. Okay? And it should have three basic parts. Your, t- your life before Jesus, and that should be the shortest part. Don't say, well, I used to be rich and drive fancy cars and did drugs and ran around with women and all the rest. Then I gave my life to Jesus, and now I'm Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> Something's wrong with that picture. Okay? All right. The longest part is the exciting part afterwards. But also don't be, un, don't be unrealistic and say, well, I, everything used to be terrible. I was depressed all the time and it was down. All, and then I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm, I've been happy ever since and never had any problems in my life. No. I like the testimony I heard one person say, my husband is about to leave me. I got laid off from my job. I was already behind on my car payment. They repossessed my car. My health was failing. Somebody came knocking at my door and said, here's an invitation to some Bible meetings that are happening right up the street. You want to come? And I thought anything could help. And I went and I found Jesus. He became my best friend. And I got into the Bible. I saw that he has everything I need. And then I found that there are loving, godly people who would be willing to help me through this. And you know what happened from there? My husband did leave me. And I never got my car back. And it took me six months before I found a job. And if that had happened before, I would have taken my life. But now I had people and I had a God that saw me through it. And I'm back on a firmer fitting footing. And now I'm helping other people who are going through tough times too. Now that's a testimony. But you don't have to have some dramatic conversion experience. But there are three parts to your testimony. The first part is your life before Jesus. Just brief, showing the challenges. Second is, say something good about Jesus, the Bible, and God's final movement. Okay? Say, and then I begin to learn how to talk to Jesus like he's my best friend. Or I found people that looked like they knew Jesus personally, and I wanted that. Say something about Jesus. And when you say something about Jesus, let your face light up. There is an evangelist back in the 1800s named Charles Spurgeon. And he used to teach pastors to preach. And he said, when you talk about Jesus and heaven and the home of the redeemed, let your face light up. When you talk about hell and the destruction of the wicked, your ordinary face will do. (laughs) So when you're talking about Jesus, let your face light up. This is real stuff. Hollywood, movies, and all that, that's artificial stuff. This is real stuff. Setting our mind on what's unseen but real rather than what's seen and is going to burn up soon. Okay? And then say something about the Bible. 
I started getting into the Bible and I saw it was different from every other book I'd ever read. It was like God was speaking to me and he was going to help me live that way. And then God put me in a circle of friends that really cared about people genuinely. They weren't always backbiting and gossiping. And do you realize how few people are around godly people today? They live in work environments where if somebody thinks they can get their job, they'll stop on them. They'll undermine. There's all kinds of craziness. And as God changes us, we, get, we let that go. But I, I was around godly people. And it was just a, it is a beautiful thing. And then you said something good about Jesus, the Bible, and God's final movement. Godly people. I began realizing God's doing all over the world, wrapping things up before he comes back. And then there's the appeal to take their next step. You don't have to dictate what their next step is. But here, back to the conversation, I've just shared this. And I say, and, and I'm going to pretend instead of her saying I'm a lifelong Seventh Adventist, I'm going to pretend she said I'm a lifelong Mormon because she is in Idaho. And, you know, that's a common, <laughs> a lot of Mormons there. I've had some good conversations with some of them, too. And so I, I said, so, you know, you love nutrition. And I bet you're interested in not just helping people have better health, but really having a better relationship with God. Is that right? What, what do you think you could do to help people have a better relationship with God? Show them kindness. You know, I think that the world needs more people who are kind. So, so she has just identified what her next step is. Because she's not usually kind. I'm just being teasing. No, no, not at all. But show them kindness. So, so, you know, I can just see in you a person who wants to help other people, who wants to help them get healthier physically, but also healthier spiritually. And I just like to challenge you as you go about your studies and everything to, to say, Lord, help me to find ways of showing kindness to these people. And, and to look for ways. And I'd be happy to share with you more about Jesus and the Bible and what I see God doing if you're interested. I just leave it there. Okay? So I've taken a lot of time to talk about five minutes. But you see how the five minutes works? Mostly listening and then going there. Now, we have 15 more minutes before we end this um, seminar. And that's good because I want to... Do another, okay, right here. We've gone through FORT. There's also the acronym SHIRT, and this is uh, probably a little better for young people because SHIRT stands for, what do you think S would stand for? School. H, home. I is interest, hobbies, how do you spend your time? What do you think R is? Religious background. What do you think T is? Testimony. It goes to the same place, you see? You're just finding a way to connect. So you can use either of them and doing that. So now here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you three minutes to connect with somebody you didn't come to the seminar with and go through Fort. And I want, and, and there's not enough time for both of you to do it. So I want the person to take the lead that's the youngest. Okay. So you got three minutes, and at the end of three minutes, we're going to take some questions and wrap this up with some other something.
One more minute. This should be a time to move toward the testimony part if you're not there yet. Okay, if I can have your attention here as we're wrapping it up. You're making too many friends. Look at this. It's hopeless. <laughs> I've turned you loose. <laughs> okay. So, a few quick questions here. How many of you feel like you just made a good friend? Okay, all right. How many of you went a little farther than you would have gone before this seminar? Only five, seven people. Okay, how many of you went a little farther in spiritual conversation than you normally would have gone? Raise your hand, okay. How many of you say, I'm not a very good student, I'll stay for the next seminar? Okay, <laughs> okay. well, all right. For this last part, we did some practice what questions or observations do you have from what we've done here? Um, or, yes? So for the transition part from talking about regular life to talking about challenging somebody, if somebody says, oh, I walked away from God because of some difficulty in their life, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, hey, what can you do to get back to God? How mm-hmm. Okay, so summarize the question for the recording. Uh, what, what if a person says, I, I just, hang on, what? Okay, here we go. So we're, we're already getting some team teaching, collaboration going. Okay, the question was, so somebody says, well, I've gone away from the church because I, I had bad experience, is that right? And, and so now you're down there where you're about to appeal or challenge them for their next step. So what do you say? You know, we'll get back to church or whatever. Now, so you, that worked right here in this situation. So what, what was the answer you gave? Adventist um, and have kind of been in and out of church and her response to me was great Um, she said you know sometimes we're born into a religion but things don't change until you have that personal connection with the Savior you think God set up this appointment I know he did and that's what he does everywhere when we're willing I look back at my life and I can see hundreds of missed opportunities And instead of having regret, I just say, okay, now I'm going to pursue every opportunity I can. And praise the Lord for that. And by the way, I'm a fifth generation Seventh-day Adventist, but in reality, none of us are born Adventist unless we're born in a baptistry. And we don't believe in infant baptism unless it's a pregnant lady. 
Okay, so anyway, it's true. We can grow up around it, but it has to be a personal relationship. Okay, question or comment? Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you go to the atheist, like, yes. country, like, I think it can be smoothly, because, like, I feel a little bit... Scared. Okay, the question is, so, the transition from... Occupation to religious background. What if you're an atheist country and this young lady's from Japan? Just to mention one of our mission fields. Okay. So what, what do you say? So the simple way of saying it, do you have any religious background? And I'm asking it more and more that way even in the United States. Because there are more and more people growing up basically atheist or practicing atheist or agnostic or no religious background. This last Sabbath, a week ago Sabbath, our son, who is planting churches, I think I mentioned in Fort Worth, Texas, multiple churches, baptized three people, and a mother and two of her children. And she said, I had no religion growing up. I, don't know, I didn't know anything about God, anything about Bible. I thought there might be a God, but I didn't know. And so there's more and more of that all around us. And um, as Adventists, if you've been around Adventism for a while, you can get the impression everybody has raised something. Well, no, they weren't. More and more are raised on TV or movies or Netflix or you know, whatever it is. So do you have, so a simple way of saying, do you have any religious background? And if they say no, none, then you, you can ask more about that. You can say, have you ever thought there might be a God? So in, um, in Richardson, where I was pastoring, we had uh, one Sabbath, um, when I was preaching, a couple Sabbaths in a row, I was preaching, and I, could, I noticed an elderly um, Asian couple at the back at first service. Uh, we had first service in Sabbath school and second service. And I thought, I need to meet them. I need to find out what their story is. We want to hear each other's stories. And that gives us the ability to share and the right to share. So I, after the service, I headed back, and I caught him in the lobby. And I said, I don't think we've met. I find out... He's a retired Chinese pastor, and he goes back to China, mainland China, every year to see family and friends and, and to do work. And, but he lived in the area. I said, do you have a Sabbath school class you enjoy? Have you found a Sabbath school class you enjoy? He says, no, we just go home and study in Chinese. I said, if we could give you a little room, could you start a Chinese Sabbath school class in our church? And he said, sure. Now, why not? Why not? And so we gave him, and within two months, he had eight people there studying in this class. Now, we, we tried to get his membership transferred, but we didn't let that stop from getting the work going. He and his wife go back to China, a really quite an atheistic country now, and he goes back to China for the summer trip. They're in a modern city. They're sitting on a park bench together, and they're just looking, and here's a lady sitting at a park bench next to them, and he says... I won't, I won't quote him because I can't speak Chinese. <laughs> he says in English, he says, hasn't God given us a beautiful day? And the lady in the other park bench says, you know God? I've been looking for him for 40 years. Now, that's not a providential appointment, is it? We, if we don't catch those things, we've missed it. And he says, yes, would you like to learn more about God? Well, yes. And the next two days, he went through. He didn't know the 30-second and the five-minute. No, but they went through everything in depth. And she says, I want to learn more and more. And 
And he says, well, we're going back to the United States soon. She said, my family and relatives are taking a trip to the United States. We've never been there. Where do you live? He said, Dallas area. And she said, can we come and can I stay extra and spend some more time learning? He said, sure. So I had the privilege of baptizing E. Hai Rong from China as a member of the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Church because of that connection. So just ask, what's your religious background? Did you have a religious background? Have you ever thought much about creation and God? Okay? All right. We've got a few more minutes. Yes? Either a question or comment. Mm-hmm. Do we have a relative mm-hmm. that was born and raised in the church mm-hmm. in Italy mm-hmm. and kind of gone through this mm-hmm. because they're still kind of like hesitant? Yes. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I was my savior then. Mm-hmm. I was my lord now. Mm-hmm. How do you approach not only a family member, but somebody that mm-hmm. has been Adventist, but they're slow? Okay. Question, how do, you, how do you approach a family member, a relative, or a close friend who was raised Seventh-day Adventist, they slid back, and now you're trying to share with them, and they say, well, who are you to talk to me that way, in a nice way? Or maybe they don't say it in a nice way. Okay. Um, they're... That's where we ask for discernment from God. Is this person receptive or not receptive? Okay? And that's one of the seminars. How do you find receptive people to win souls, for soul winning? Okay? And that's going to be, on, that's going to be tomorrow. And how do we find... Um, everywhere you go, there's at least 5% of the people who are wide open to accept the Adventist message right now. Don't let the 95 discourage you before you get to the five, okay? So that's one principle. But when they say, well, who are you to say that? And you say, you know, I'm a prime example of why we need to be Adventist. Because I was around Adventism too, and it didn't change my heart. And, and I don't want that kind of Adventism anymore. I want to have an Adventism that loves Jesus with all their heart, embraces the Bible as God's voice speaking to me and wants to be around godly people who really want to take the good news everywhere. So forgive me for my bad witness in the past, but I'm an example of how God can work with somebody who's messed up. Okay? We don't have to... We don't witness from a superior position. We witness at the foot of the cross where it's a level position. Okay? Yes? Okay. All right. So the question is, uh, you've, you've gotten to the religious background part. You asked that and they say, I don't talk about politics or religion. And, you know, you can just leave it there. That can be a yellow light or a red light. What I typically would say in, in a situation like that is I'd say, I bet you've had a bad experience with either or both of those. And then you find out if the yellow light becomes red or becomes green. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? So, well, I sure have. I grew up in this area. Blah, blah, blah. And then they tell you all their religious background. And you think, <laughs> okay. Or they say, yeah, my dad was a U.S. senator. And it was just bad. And he acted like he was, a, so he could get the votes. And I, that, that would bother me too. I, I can see why you'd want to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Oh, glad you asked. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Are you familiar with Seventh-day Adventist? <laughs> okay. All right, friends, our time has come to an end for this seminar.
The next seminar will be tomorrow, and it's how to share the Adventist message in 30 minutes. And we will talk primarily on where we go once a person seems to be more receptive and ready to unite with the Adventist movement for baptismal preparation. You don't have to go through 28 weeks of studies, but how you can identify what they already know and work with what they don't know and take them rapidly. Okay, so that's what we'll talk about. So just before we have prayer, I want to mention two other things. One is if you're thinking about going out and outreach this afternoon, but you're not sure, go. Okay. Second thing is, if you've benefited from this seminar at all, please do these three things. Put it into practice. Share it with somebody else who might put it into practice. And third, you can rate it on Attendify and say this is worth going to, so they might invite me back sometime. Okay, let's have prayer. Eternal Father in heaven, you are so gracious to us in spite of our mess And you just cover us with your robe of righteousness and forgive all of our sins when we confess them and acknowledge them to you again and again. And thank you for using us, not because we're good, but because you're good and that you want everybody to know that you're good and that you love them and you're coming soon. So I pray, Lord, that this will be more than just one more seminar, more than just one more set of notes to take. But this is something practical, Lord, that will be put into practice even this afternoon and beyond. In Jesus' wonderful and precious name, amen. This message was recorded at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.